while in seminary, I spent um, one summer as a chaplain at Good Samaritan Hospital in Downers Grove. And the wing of the hospital that I was assigned to, I mean, as I was all over the hospital, but the wing that I spent most of the time in was the emergency room. Some of you may know that the emergency room at Good Samaritan Hospital is a level one trauma. And so one thing I learned quickly while ministering at a trauma one emergency room is the importance of triage. I remember one case, it was late at night when there was a multiple vehicle accident on the interstate. And all at once, all the wounded from this accident came to this one trauma emergency room. And I watched as the wounded were triaged by the doctors and nurses. That is, they had to assess the degrees of urgency of each of the wounded to know which to treat first. I remember being there in the kind of the the waiting room, and I remember hearing a scream from one of the rooms, the screaming of a horrible pain of somebody with a separated shoulder in one of the trauma rooms. But a higher degree of attention was given to a young woman in the other room who was in cardiac arrest. In triage, there's a hierarchy of importance. So back to triage in a minute. The gospel today, the Pharisees are trying to trip Jesus up as they oftentimes do. And they ask him, is it lawful to pay the tax to Caesar or not? And either way, Jesus answers, he's going to be busted. He's going to be busted by one side or the other. If he sides with the pro-tax Herodians, he's going to be labeled by the Pharisees as a left-wing radical. If he sides with the anti-tax Pharisees, he's going to be labeled by the Herodians as a right-wing radical. So Jesus, which one is it? Which one you going with? Who you siding with? Jesus doesn't play that game. Rather, he gives, as he oftentimes does, that witty one-line response that leaves him speechless. And he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Now, on the surface, many people read this passage and think that Jesus is clearly separating religious religion and politics. Religion over here, politics over here. But that's not what Jesus is doing. Rather, he's setting a framework up for how we should think about religion and politics. The framework is not a sharp, dark line that's drawn between religion and politics and the two never mix. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way because politics is not independent of God. Because nothing is independent of God. That's the point Jesus is making here with this witty response. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's? Absolutely. Government has this legitimate role. But Caesar, government, social issues, politics, everything belongs to God. And because all of that belongs to God, those things ought to be informed by clear strong religious principles. That's why Pope Benedict can go on to say, he says, politics fundamentally should, fundamentally should be a moral enterprise. The church, in this sense, has something to say about politics. And since 
the church has something to say about politics, the church has something to say about this election coming up. Now, I can't, nor am I, can tell anybody how to vote. But it is my job as a, as a spiritual father to inform, to help you inform your conscience on how to vote. Now, what most people don't know is that what we just heard is the, sh- is the short version of this gospel. The long version of the gospel is I- I've never heard it proclaimed at Mass because it is extremely controversial. After Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to, Jesus, give to God what is God's, the disciples hear that, and then they ask Jesus whether he's Republican or Democrat. It, and Jesus gives an answer. No, okay, it didn't happen. There's no long version of the gospel. The disciples don't ask Jesus that. Father Dinda wants to make it clear, right, that it's a joke. But to be sure, some of us are maybe sitting in the pew being like, well, if they did ask Jesus, certainly Jesus would have said he's a registered Democrat. Or I know for sure he's a registered Republican. He's got blue running through his veins. He's got red running through his veins. No. Jesus, the church, is not Republican. Jesus, the church, is not Democrat. Because the church does not fit nicely into any one political box. Some issues the church line up more on this side. Other issues the church lines up more on the other side. We are Catholic before we are Democrat or Republican. We are followers of Jesus Christ before we belong to any political party. That's really important to get right. And it's one of the points Jesus is making today. Whose image is on that coin? Well, we, we all belong to God. Our fundamental identity is that we are beloved son, beloved daughter of God. And because of that, everything then flows out from that. If we don't think that way, if we get that order messed up, then we end up looking at political issues or policies through the lens of one's political party rather than through the lens of how God thinks about a particular issue or policy. One might say, well, that's kind of presumptuous to say like, how to know how, to, how God thinks. Well, that's what Paul says in Philippians. He says, put on the mind of Christ. As Christians, because of our baptism, the Holy Spirit is in us. So we can think with the mind of Christ. We can think then with the church. The problem is that the recent, a recent Pew Research poll showed that when it comes to specific policy issues, Catholics are often more aligned with their political party than the teaching of the church. That is to say, people are looking more to secular parties, political parties, than the teachings of the church. And that's a problem. And it's a problem that, in in many ways, has contributed to why our nation is where it is now. The division, the confusion, and both outside and inside the church. To think with the church 
the place to start is to look at what month we're in. In the church, October is pro-life month. And sometimes I think those in the church hear pro-life month and we think that the church is just talking about abortion. That is not the case. As Catholics, when we say we are pro-life, it means that we are defenders of the inherent dignity of every single person. We promote, we respect, we defend life of every person of all walks of life, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance. Whether the issue is welcoming and caring for the refugee, caring for the poor, health care, condemning racism, caring for the elderly, condemning euthanasia, all these issues are of utter importance to the church. With that said, the church is clear that there is a hierarchy that exists with these issues, that certain evils and injustices are more grave and more prevalent than others. This is where triage comes in. There are issues right now that are screaming out in our nation for attention, to be attended to in the broken world that we live in because of sin. And at the same time, there are some issues in cardiac arrest right now that take priority. And the bishops, the church, have spoken routinely, parentally, on the fact that abortion is the preeminent issue. They said in, again and reiterated in their voting, their voting guide to form consciences, it said the threat of abortion remains our preeminent priority because it directly attacks the life itself, because it takes place within the sanctuary of the family, and because of the number of lives destroyed. Saying, that issue, saying the issue of abortion is the preeminent issue is not to say that all these other social issues don't matter or that we have cause to ignore them. Not at the least. The trauma doctor in a trauma one emergency room cares for all the patients and all the wounded that are coming in. And the church cares about all these issues as well. It is not right, though, however, to say that as Catholic, we're single-issue voters. Pope Benedict in the church also gives what are called the non-negotiable values of which Catholics may not disagree with. The three non-negotiable values are the sanctity of human life, of which we just talked about, of which is the utter importance of which abortion is the preeminent issue. Secondly, is the sanctity of marriage and family life. And the third non-negotiable is upholding religious freedom. It's important for us to do the research to inform our conscience and see that one of these candidates is in opposition of all three of these non-negotiables. They are a champion for abortion, a champion of it, wanting it up to nine months of pregnancy. They oppose that marriage is between one man and one woman. And they support legis legislation that threatens our religious liberty. So vote. 
vote with the mind of Christ and the church, not with our political party, not with the personality of the candidate, not for any other reason. And the same time understand that no political party, no one you or I vote for is the solution for what cripples our nation. Our nation needs God. It's crying out because it does not know God. We are all wounded and broken because of sin. And because of Jesus' death on the cross, because of his resurrection from the dead, he performed, if you will, the ultimate triage move, which like, he doesn't even need triage. Jesus simply saves. He rescues. And he attends to all the wounded. So as we go out to perform triage, to fight injustices that plague our world, let us do so remembering that Christ first saved us and that his kingdom, his kingdom has no end.